we really, really want to focus on like, how can we teach people to take care of themselves so they can take care of the planet? Because that to me is like the root issue with sustainability and making sustainable choices. Jacqueline Tracy is the founder of Sustain, a DTC marketplace that curates sustainable products and provides tools to educate consumers about how to live more sustainably, one small step at a time across the categories of lifestyle, fashion, home, beauty, and wellness. Sustain aims to create a movement to change consumer behavior by committing to choosing sustainable brands and creating less waste and imperfect progress. We're back with another episode. Uh, Our guest today is Jacqueline Tracy. Jacqueline, it's awesome to get a chance to have a conversation with you and uh, have you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I I do believe that you and I like we really do just have so many uh, similarities in our approach to holistic lifestyle, to intentional lifestyle, to sustainable lifestyle. And so I, I'm so excited to chat with you one on one today. So thank you so much for having me. Sure. No, it's a pleasure. And yeah, we've done some work together at Gravity, and I do think there's a lot of commonality in our approach. So. Um, we'll get to all that, but um, as you know, we like to start at the beginning. So, talk a little mm-hmm. bit about kind of those early days, that kind of early, early memories of who maybe you were as a kid, and what your family dynamics were, and anything that kind of stands out from your your childhood. Yeah, so I grew up uh, in Illinois, Central Illinois, um, and I grew up in a unique family. <laughs> I, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I have a, a wonderful family that we, we did have, I was so lucky and so blessed to have, you know, we had dinner together every night. Uh, but I also had a very diverse family in terms of perspective. So, you know, my parents are conservative. My sister was very liberal, uh, my older sister, and then my brother was an anarchist. And, uh, and then, mm. you know, my younger sister and I, you know, she, I'm four years, you know, there's a four year gap between my older sister and I. So my younger sister and I would just sit there and observe these dinner conversations and really Mm. like take them in. And I do think that because of those dinner conversations that really like opened me up to diverse perspectives so that I can really, you know, step into somebody else's shoes and, and even especially in, you know, today's political world, like really kind of just try to dig deeper about why why you're thinking that way and how how did you get to that perspective um so really lucky about that and then my my brother also is like you know so I'm you know the founder of sustain a sustainable lifestyle brands and my brother um who you know was is you know now I'd say he's more of a libertarian but he was an anarchist at the time traveling the world and he was he's just always been this voice in my head because he he does live off grid he lives in the woods um, with his family of four. They live in a one room cabin. You know, it's like a tiny, tiny cabin. They share one room, at, you know, when they sleep, all six of them. Uh, they have a wood burning stove. They have solar panels. They have permaculture gardens, uh, an outhouse. You know, they just live that alternative lifestyle um, and very, very focused on, you know, the environment. And so, so for me, you know, his, his, my brother's name is Steven. Like Stephen was just such an inspiration to me because he was, you know, you know, at the time it was like, you know, don't eat carbs, like low fat, everything, uh, you know, and he was just constantly challenging me, like, you know, don't just go with what society gives you, like Mm -hmm. really, really assess, assess for yourself, you know, what you believe in. And then, and then he did, he really taught me also how to eat, you know, organic foods and, um, you know, to focus on like, you know, reducing waste and, um, and so for me with sustain, um, you know, Steven was the inspiration, but I was always, you know, I'm so proud of what they're doing, but it is hardcore. I mean, they live in the, <laughs> they live in the, like the border of like Canada and Minnesota. So it's like six months of winter. It's like, you know, they're constantly like in negative 10 degrees. Um, and you know, they have this wood burning stove and then they have like a yurt that I could stay on on the property that I've stayed up there, but it's, it is a hard for lifestyle. It's, mm-hmm. it's intense. Um, and it is, it's more of that, you know, if you've heard of the zero waste movement, mm-hmm. it is more of a zero waste 
yeah. lifestyle. So they buy all secondhand everything. You know, they they buy you know food directly from farmers and and. So I was always so inspired by that, but I also was like, I don't want to, but I don't want to do that. You know, like yeah. I, I, so I, I've always thought, you know, um, so from a very young age, I, you know, I came from an entrepreneurial family and a family that, you know, built success. I saw them build success over time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I don't know, just because of those, you know, those blessings that I was given, I did, I've always had this like deep down in my core, like I, I want to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And so like, what is that? Yeah, so so let me just hop in there. That's fascinating. What I'm struck by is the kind of diversity in thought that it sounds like you know was um, existing in your home, and you were sitting there, you know, kind of observing. And I'm curious, kind of, how your parents were with kind of that diversity of thought, and with your brother in particular, who had maybe a little bit more of like a. Um, non-traditional or even maybe more of an extreme viewpoint of, you know, kind of the world. Um, how did they kind of navigate all of that? It's a great question. Um, I mean, I, it was, it was challenging at times. Like when he was, you know, he was like train hopping and he was like sleeping under bridges with like homeless people. And, you know, he was like, he was doing some dangerous things. Um, so it was hard for them then definitely. Um, but as soon as he kind of found his calling of like this back to the land movement, if you've ever heard of it, it's mm-hmm. like traditional ways. So like, how do we live a lo- like more like Native Americans and how do we learn, you know, how to live in a community with, with like a tribe and, and support each other. And so he started learning a lot of that. Um, and once he was drawn to that community, that's when I think my parents were like, oh, thank, you know, thank God. Like, <laughs> like they could breathe because he started, you know, living this more of the you know, before I think it was like, he went through this punk rock stage and this like, you know, just the travel and all that. And we just, you know, he would, he would call in, but they were always a little worried. And mm-hmm. once he started living this alternative lifestyle in the woods, you know, living uh, really sustainably, he first lived just in a teepee um, for, for a couple of years. And once he started living that lifestyle, I think they were like, like we can, breathe, yeah. you know, <laughs> how, how much older, how much older is he than you? He's six years older. Six years. So, yeah. so um, I mean, what was what was it like? I'm just kind of curious. I'm imagining that, like, when you were like little, little, um, you know, or maybe you know, even like in elementary school, and he was, you know, in high school or something. You know, was he kind of like wild and rebellious as a kid, and you were kind of observant of that? And and like, what was your observation? Was there something about Kind of the way he was being that that looked appealing or scary or kind of tell me a little bit more about you know kind of all of that. Yeah, so I was always you know we we've always had a really good relationship and I've always been inspired by him in the way that you know like he used to show up to high school and he had like a giant green mohawk you know mm. and like to me that's such a, it's such a bold move mm-hmm. and so I was always inspired by it but that wasn't the path that I that I chose, you know, like I was, I always, I don't know. I always had this thought, like, you know, if you can learn how to work the system, then you can change the system. Mm -hmm. And so that has, you know, I, that's, I've always kind of like, you know, I, I have always kind of like fit in, you know, with, Mm -hmm. I mean, I fit in with a lot of different, Mm -hmm. different groups of people. Um, but I've never been like the bold one who's like, let's, you know, fight the, you know, societal norms and like mm-hmm. a really challenging, you know, rebellious way. Like I've, I've been much more like, okay, how do I get into the system? How do I learn the system? Mm-hmm. And then how do I change the system? Mm-hmm. And you can remember kind of like feeling that way, at least in hindsight, you know, as a kid, that that was kind of more your comfort level. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. And um, obviously though, you know, your brother is making a big impression and it sounds like your parents are sort of at least like tolerant or giving him some freedom, you know, that there isn't this like giant, like power clash over the fact that he's got a Mohawk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They're, they're very open-minded people. I mean, they are, they're conservative. And of course, like that, you know, when they go up to his land, they're like, well, we would never want to live this way, but like, we're glad you're happy. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, you know, I think that even our dinner conversations growing up, like, it was just so much about like asking questions, 
you know, mm-hmm. like my, I just feel like, especially my dad, he is, you know, he is a lawyer. So there is like a bit of a debate, you know, in that. Mm-hmm. And I think that he was just always, he always taught us like, ask the questions, ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that was a big part of, you know, and, and at the end of the day, they just, they, they wanted us all to like find our way yeah, and find, and find happiness. And yeah. I mean, I feel really blessed for that. Yeah. That's really, I mean, as a parent, I know for me, you know, that's kind of all I want for my kids is just to find their own way and to, you know, be happy. And, and, you know, maybe even being happy is um, not necessarily the goal, you know, maybe it's peace or, or freedom, but just however they choose to, uh, you know, find that for themselves is what I think every parent should want for their kids. Not always the case, but um, sounds like it certainly was in your house. Which is great. So tell me a little bit more of like what were you into as you got into you know high school? What were your kind of um, passions or hobbies or what were you doing for fun or studying that kind of started to give you some um, you know in hindsight again you know what was you know what was kind of unfolding for you at that time? So in high school, I always joke like I was the golden child. Because like I did, I played all the sports. I was on like homecoming court, prom court, you know, like all the mm-hmm. all those things. Like super involved in like every club there was. Um, so in high school, I really just like got involved with everything that I could and exposed to everything I could and hung out with friends and had fun. Um, so it re- honestly, it wasn't until college that I really woke up. I feel like to to the world mm-hmm. and start and really learned how to critically think. Um, and assess things. And I, I think, you know, I studied sociology. Um, I studied a lot of criminology and I also studied PR and advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was definitely when, even, even when I started assessing like what, what was the impact that, that Stephen has had on me and like, what do I stand for? And like, who am I? Because before then, you know, I went to Catholic grade school. I went to a Catholic high school. I knew all the same kids for my whole life. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I ever had to identify my my own identity um, until mm-hmm. I got to college when I was like on my own in Chicago and and really really started to question like who am I outside mm-hmm. of my family outside of my friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what was it about college or was it your studies or what was it that kind of really woke you up? I think it was the, I think it was definitely the, you know, the sociology, uh, you know, studying, um, studying sociology was hugely impactful. I had some amazing professors that really just challenged my thinking and it just like broadened my, you know, whole perspective of society and cultural norms and mm-hmm. all of those things. Um, but I also think that just like being in Chicago too, you know, like I was from a small, t- like a small central Illinois town. Um, getting to Chicago and then being around a, like a wide variety of diverse people was also just very challenging to, you know, like it wasn't just this like, you know, all Caucasian, you know, mm-hmm. uh, school, Catholic school. Like it was just so different. So so just the people and the conversations that um, really did start to challenge, you know, who I was. And um, And at that time I did, that's when I started waking up to just, you know, environmental concerns. And, um, I remember my brother specifically coming into the, like the, my college cafeteria and just like noticing like all the plastic waste, you know, that goes into just buying a lunch every day Mm -hmm. as a college Mm -hmm. student. And, um, and I, so I really, really started waking up to that. So I started working at like, you know, designer, uh, designer resale stores so that I didn't, I wasn't buying new clothes. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I started waking up to all of the, you know, the marginalities that people face, the, you know, just the, all, honestly, all the problems of the world, really, mm-hmm. just, just through, through the studies and through the diversity of the crowd and, and also through, you know, my mm-hmm. family too, along the way. Yeah. It's an interesting thing. I want to ask you another question about your brother. Um, I've got a bunch of questions running through my mind here, but um you know, you describe yourself as the golden girl and on the homecoming prom clubs, you know, sports, everything. Right. And I'm wondering like, and your brother's, you know, got the Mohawk and, you know, taking a very different path. Was he always kind of, um, 
loving and accepting of you for who you were? Or was there some sort of like any animosity or kind of, um, I don't know, anything there that, that, you know, was other than, you know, accepting? Because it would seem like maybe, you know, um, somebody who's so uh, kind of convicted about taking this traditional, non-traditional path and, you know, punk rocker and, you know, willing to kind of train hop and all this stuff might be even a little at that age, like angry or resentful about the golden child. Mm -hmm. Was there any of that that went on? There was not, not ever. He was always very welcoming and accepting of me. Um, And I think the six years difference, you know, also played a role in that for sure. I think if we were closer in age, it might've been different. I think that what, what I saw from him growing up is, was less, you know, less acceptance of of himself and trying to figure out himself versus, you know, other people. Like yeah. I, I think that he still does. He, you know, he could like he would. And it, in terms of consumerism, I think there are, you know, he still definitely challenges that. So even the way that I live versus the way he lives, like he challenges it, but at the same time, he's never judgmental about it. Yeah, that, that's great. And I had a feeling that was the case. I wanted to just like double check and make sure but i but i think it's um important to highlight because you know i think in most kids teenagers young adults that are kind of um not really secure with themselves or you know trying to take a different path in life but feeling the societal pressure or the parental peer pressure, whatever it is that kind of the conditioning that keeps people from taking that path sometimes can um, get kind of angry and take it out on other people because they're struggling so much within themselves. And, you know, maybe it's the fact that you were his, you know, baby sister, but like um, pretty remarkable that, you know, none of that happened, that he was, you know, just uh, a big, you know, good big brother to you. I I love that. Uh, yeah, an amazing person. And he really kind of like, you know, he played in like a punk rock band. He like leaned into like, he built a skate park in our backyard. So like, awesome. really, like really, really did a lot of like skateboarding and like he got into videographers, videography. So like he did definitely, he like channeled his en- energy. Yeah. In, in yeah. Certain ways. Yeah. Awesome. It's really uh killer. I should um, have your brother on the podcast. Yeah, some too. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but, but, you know, what I'm also um, kind of intrigued by is that, you know, you described yourself as like, kind of, I think I, I forget exactly how you worded it, but like knowing the system and working within the system and challenging the system, kind of coming at it from that approach. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a interesting thing. It's kind of a, a fine line, like you said, like even on the consumerism piece, maybe, you know, he'll still challenge you. There's like, I don't know if you can go any further than your brother's gone. Maybe there's even another level left. I don't know. But like, it's kind of a, a an interesting and maybe just a personal thing as we decide kind of how we want to navigate um, out of the norms and like where we choose to draw the line. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's certain things that I know you wouldn't do and certain things that, you know, you definitely would only do. And somehow in there, you've kind of found a line, at least, you know, for now for yourself. And maybe that line keeps moving and it keeps kind of changing as we go. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you could just kind of react to that in your own journey as you're kind of moving through that college stage and starting to open up and and find your way, you know, kind of how maybe the societal norm or whatever other conditioning was there kind of kept you maybe in a lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so when I, when I graduated college, I, I did, I feel like I like dove into my career, like so hard, like just dove headfirst into it. And and I think that that's also like because I come from an entrepreneurial family, I was always taught growing up that if you work hard enough, you will succeed. Like that was just like, oh, it, you know, like it was, I remember a time when I was like, you know, 12 years old and I wanted a moped. And I was like, okay, what, what can I do to make enough money to get this moped I want? And, you know, I like washed windows. I did all these things. 
had lemonade sales, like sold like bracelets, you know, did everything I could to like make enough money to get this moped. So like, that's always like, that's honestly the thing that I'm still working on, like conditioning wise, unwinding, because I think that it is true that, you know, hard work, you know, pays off. Like that's so true. But I think that also, and this is what I saw, especially at the beginning of my career, but I still am, I still am working on it today is if you, you know, if you work too hard and you forget to like play, then, then that can, that can lead to some really dark times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I think I know exactly what you're saying. Um, Maybe too well, (laughs) right? Um, You know, this has been part of my journey and, and struggle even, you know, in recent years where it's like, hmm, you know, that you go into this phase where you want to earn. And in my case, I was lucky enough to um, find something that I felt was really um, kind of aligned and really pulled all the things that I was passionate about into a business that I had some experience in. And, and that's why, you know, I started Kaufman Development was really um, with the intention of building community in a different way, in a way that was aligned with who I am and the and the things I was passionate about. But there was definitely like a a work hard, earning, make your way, you know, and kind of find your you know financial freedom and whatever else, right? And it, and it's hard work when you're building. Then you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, now. What what am I still doing this for? Is the is the impact there? Is the passion there? You know, did the did, you know what is enough? Or how hard do I want to keep working? I mean, you know, play is important. Family, fun, other things become important. So that's definitely a, a real struggle. I mean, even kind of going back to your brother for a second, it's like you know, I'm imagining that when you live that kind of life, um, you know. Money isn't as important, right? You can kind of have what you need, and you can always, you know. I'm sure there's there's a, a, um, a work involved. Money is a factor. I mean, you have to contribute. You have to be able to feed your family and you know sustain your life. But um, it doesn't mean that you're maybe necessarily living the same way where money is as important. So, you know, again, I don't know. I'm kind of just like intrigued by this. How we start to find our way, you know, how we decide, well, how much play should we have? How much work should we have? You know, how much, you know, does money play a role here? And, and it sounds like you were starting to kind of grapple with that too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that, you know, I'm still in the stage where I'm building. Like, you know, I, I, so I own two companies, so Sustain and Brand Effect. Brand Effect is a holistic marketing and design firm, um, and then Sustain is, you know, my passion company. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like it's it's how you you talk about Kaufman Development. Like it's it's it to me is it feels like so aligned with my passion um, because beyond even my brother, like I do also just feel this like deep connection to nature and like protecting nature and. Um, you know, when I was working in like corporate advertising at like big firms in Chicago, I, after a while, I was like, what am I doing? What am I even doing here? Like, what, what, what is this? Like, I'm just, I I felt like half the year we were just creating decks and like, you know, selling silly campaigns and, and it just, it just felt kind of meaningless to me. And, um, so I like took off, you know, just went to South America for three months and like really spent most of the time in Patagonia. And, and so like, that is like, to me, that's why, you know, that's why I created Sustain because I was, I was intimidated by the zero waste movement, but I wanted to live a more sustainable lifestyle. So I was like, how can I make this more accessible, but also more aspirational? Because a lot of the the offerings out there today are very like hippie and granola and, Mm -hmm. and just, you know, you know, don't, I, I don't think that they can reach a, a wider mass audience. And I think that if we, if we can all make, you know, small, sustainable changes, consistently um then you know if we get millions of people doing like zero waste imperfectly then that's like hugely impactful hugely mm-hmm. impactful mm-hmm. um but yeah i think so i don't know if i answered your question at all mm-hmm. um but yeah i think that just 
yeah, finding finding your your passion and 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 going after it and getting in, you know, you know, focusing on that alignment uh, really does also have to be driven by you know your intuition and for me like meditation and like real real true awareness like right like I do I stretch myself too thin money is important you know um, but I am always you know each and every day trying to trying to move more towards alignment. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? And how do I get there? And- yeah. So let, let, let's just kind of back up for a second. Um, so uh, I definitely want to talk about sustain. And also, you know, your you know, holistic marketing, you studied marketing. And, and, and I don't know if you went straight into working for yourself or if there was kind of corporate experience or other experience that kind of led you. I want to make sure we highlight kind of how you made that entrepreneurial jump. You mentioned it was in your family, but I'm kind of curious like exactly what your path was to that. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, so when I got when I graduated college, I went to like big advertising firms mm-hmm. um, in Chicago. So big, you know, thousands and thousands of people, global companies, like I was doing work in you know, Singapore, Malaysia, um, like different, you know, international cities. And, and then I was, I was based in Chicago. We had, you know, markets in South America, markets in Europe, et cetera. And, and so I, you know, I did that, I think for six or seven years before I went to South America, because I, that's when I just hit my, like, you know, I just felt like it was such a, you had to kind of climb the corporate ladder and I just wasn't interested. I was much Mm -hmm. more interested in like, how do we how do we do this in the most impactful way for for a client like because i just felt like everything in an advertising firm is so it's very you know a traditional advertising firm which is what i was working at it's, it it still is to this day very siloed mm-hmm. very siloed um and then i also saw at these firms too that they were um you know selling campaigns for like you know they they'd be like hey here's a campaign we're going to do and we're charging 6 to 7 million dollars for it and I was like, I could do that with my friends for like forty thousand dollars, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I, so I went to South America, and then I actually got this job in politics. After mm. the three months that I was there, it just kind of mm. like fell in my lap, and so I worked in politics, you know, on a statewide campaign um, for about two years, which was really, really good experience because I was just managing, you know, as a digital director, I was like managing multi million dollar budgets mm-hmm. and really like at a holistic level, you know. Mm. Um, what do you mean by that at a holistic level? Like, you know, I was, you know, I was leading advertising, website builds, email marketing, um, you know, involved with coordinating with direct marketing. Like you were doing everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and was this somebody that you were, um, supportive of passionate? Like, were you happy to be what, like, why did you say yes to that role? I I said yes to it um, because I I knew that like you know this this leader specifically at his core was in it for the right reasons, mm-hmm. um, and so that was really important to me. But also, I I said yes to it because I wanted the challenge of like feeling like I was building a startup, mm-hmm. and I knew Got I it. wanted that because even when I was at you know I was at Leo Burnett for a while, mm-hmm. if you've heard of that firm yep. and. And like, you know, even there, like I was on the analytics team, then I switched switched over to strategy and then I was doing some creative work. So I was just kind of like jumping around because I just wanted to be involved in everything that there was. Um, so I knew that I needed to be like in a more of a startup environment. And I thought, okay, well, this is a great chance to really, you know, see what it's like to build a startup because <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what a political campaign really is. <laughs> sure, sure. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And it was great experience. Okay. So then what? So yeah, so then so I did that for two years, and then I was like, okay, politics are a nasty place. Like I, right. just, <laughs> so I like, right. you know, people have to do it, and I hope that you know the best people get into politics. And I like, but it's 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 a hard it's a hard space to work in. Um, yeah. it's just a really negative space to work in. So after two years, I was like, I'm done with this. I'm never going to get in politics again. And I and I started Brand Effect, my holistic mm-hmm. marketing and design firm. Mm-hmm. Um, because at that point I was like, you know, I have enough experience to just start doing this with like freelancers and mm-hmm. and just you know and just do the work and and so so that's what we that's what we do today. We do branding, we do you know um, website designs, we do email marketing, we do 
um, you know, any any design work, but really it's it's focused on design and strategy, really at a holistic mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Great, that's great. Okay, good. So that's your path. That's your first kind of step into being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, in, as a career. And um, then tell me a little bit more about kind of how sustain kind of comes into the mix. Like, you know, I, I hear, I, I've heard you kind of describe that a little bit, but like, is there a moment where you're like, I need to do this. I'm, I'm going to start doing this, that yeah. start, that start part. Yeah. So, so with brand effect, um, you know, I worked with, I know, you know, Reagan Walsh too, but I've worked yeah. with her for like three years. She's like yeah. an amazing, you know, has been my life coach for three or four years now um, since I moved to Columbus. and. And she really like, you know, working with her and talking with her and doing, you know, coaching with her. I just realized that I was like, brand effect's not like it, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's not like the company that will, you know, fulfill me and challenge me for the rest of my life. It's, it's like, I always felt like this, like, I really wanted to, I really wanted to create like something that like use, you know, all of my skill sets with like data and marketing and all the things that I'd learned to create like a really holistic experience that was mission driven. Mm. And so that was really important to me. So I was always kind of like looking for this idea. Um, but I, you know, that's when I, you know, I, I started, you know, after, so it's like, I, you know, when I was in advertising, I was, I was honestly, I was really stressed out and I didn't focus on the environment at all. Like mm-hmm. I, I like lost touch with that completely. Once I'd started my career, mm-hmm. I was like shopping at Zara. I was like, you know, fast fashion, like, you know, buying things just to feel good, just to like get that dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I, and then honestly, politics was even more stressful. So that was crazy. So once I started shifting and then, you know, with even just building your own company, like you, you really have to deeply think about your, your every decision because it's, you know, it's, it's up to you, the direction of where you're going. Um, and so once I started that, that's when I was like, okay, I want, like, I want to get back to like, just protecting the environment. Like, I want to really, you know, lean into that. And I felt like as soon as I started digging into, like, okay, well, based on my own lifestyle, how can I live a more sustainable life? I started digging into it, and it was just so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so completely overwhelming. I was like, it was like zero waste, like PDF documents that were like a hundred pages long and like how to live more sustainably. I just felt so overwhelmed by it. And I was like, how can we simplify this so that we can teach people how to live more sustainably and then also have a one-stop shop that, you know, gives you access to at, you know, at the time when I started sustain, I used to say like, I'm, we're building the Nordstrom of sustainable shopping. So mm-hmm. with everything within, you know, like fashion, home, wellness, all the, all the, you know, different categories. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, I think that if you're building a company in today's world, because of all the noise, um, I do think that you need to like choose a niche and then and then expand on it. So it's like if you're building a lifestyle co- like a uh, company, which is what Sustain is, it's like um, what we decided to do is really focus in on our philosophy, which is take care of yourself so you can take care of the planet. Mm-hmm. So that is really like our product categories now are focused on home and wellness specifically. And then if, you know, if we see other categories fitting in to the, you know, the plan later on, like as, as our community, whatever they ask for, then we'll, then we'll add on them. But we really, really want to focus on like, how can we teach people to take care of themselves so they can take care of the planet? Because that to me is like the root issue. Mm-hmm. with sustainability and making sustainable choices. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about kind of how you do that for yourself. You know, you've talked about your meditation practice. Um, tell me a little bit more about kind of how you, what modalities or what kind of self-care, um, you know, you work with that's really helpful for you to do that for yourself first. It's always evolving mm-hmm. <laughs> forever and always. But I, uh, you know, I, during, during the pan, so there's a couple of things, things that I do daily are like, I really, really try to meditate twice a day, mm-hmm. twice a day. I really try to get a meditation in. Um, and I usually I'm able to achieve that at like, that's like, if I don't do anything else, like two meditations a day, that's what I need. Um, you know, 
moving my body, going on walks, connecting with nature, you know, drinking water is something that I'm still working on. Like sometimes during the day when I'm like working, I don't drink, I don't drink enough water. It's like, you know, drinking water and making smoothies, um, you know, using non-toxic products, um, taking micro breaks is something that I, you know, I recently adopted a dog and even just going on walks with the dog throughout the day. Um, just really trying to step away from, you know, the fast paced life that we all live and the constant communication and, you know, step out of that. And I even do like, I'll do body scans during the day. And I, I'm, I'm not perfect at any of this, but I also journal a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I journal a lot to really under, and I do therapy, you know, counseling, um, to really be in touch with like, you know, I think that I know, I know you've. I know I've heard you talk about this a little bit before too, but I do really truly believe that like, you know, everything that you run into, every barrier, every, you know, just life in general is like a giant lesson. Like you can just, there's lessons in everything. Mm-hmm. And so I do, I always ask myself too, um, you know, if something happens that I'm like, oh, this is, you know, frustrating and this is whatever. I, I always try to ask myself, how is this happening for me? Like what mm-hmm. lesson can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really does. When once you start asking those questions, it really does. Even if you're frustrated, like it it pivots your mindset to how is this happening happening for me, and how is this growing me as a human? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it is always evolving, and that's kind of um, maybe kind of coming back to this point of like you know, continuing to find your own kind of lane and where those boundaries are for you and kind of how you want to find that work-life balance and, you know, how far do you want to go into the sustainable movement? And, you know, it, it is an evolution, you know, there's maybe even some times where you step out a little further than you want, you come back, um, that meditation practice probably helps kind of all of those modalities really kind of help keep you grounded and centered as you move through that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm also, I've started, you know, because of um, Rachel John, who actually does um, Mm -hmm. sound baths here in Columbus. She's like my, one of my best friends. And um, we like just got back from Mexico together yesterday. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, you know, we did even there, you know, we did sound baths on the beach and, Mm -hmm. you know, Reiki sessions that were like, really impactful. So like mm-hmm. I'm I'm definitely because of her even trying to get deeper into like mm-hmm. what is spirituality to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like how can I get to a deeper, you know, like what is my highest self? Like what mm-hmm. does alignment mean? And um yeah, and I mean, I don't know, it's kind of almost like the Buddhist, you know, seeking like enlightenment. Like what mm-hmm. is that, you know, what is that, you know, how do I how do I unwind the conditioning that, you know, that has been my life, my childhood, my, you know, experiences, um, and really create a life that is truly impactful and, and just, you know, my serving, serving the greater good. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating thing for me to observe. Um, I've also been, you know, on that journey in many ways, I feel like, you know, my whole life and in maybe the last, you know, decade, I've had to really go outside of Columbus to try to find the modalities and the um, people even that maybe were already moving in that direction. Um, Not that it didn't exist here. I just didn't really uh, know as many people in that kind of, um, you know, uh, on that part of the journey. And and I do think that there is just a a lot more people here in Columbus and maybe, you know, even globally that are starting to kind of think about this um and and enact in it. You know, I mean it's it's very common for just happened today, you know, friends to ask, you know, hey, can I, you know, meet the TM person or are you doing this or that or could I whatever, right? Like people are really kind of feeling a desire, a pull towards, um, you know, being, you know, awake or enlightened or aligned or healthier, or happier, peaceful, whatever it is. There's a lot of that going on and some amazing people uh, that are showing up here in Columbus to do this work. It's really a great thing. 
Yeah, I'm, I, I completely agree. I, I think it, it's so important and, and it is like, I do think it's, you know, it's a result of, you know, I mean, look at the world in the last couple of years mm-hmm. and like, and honestly too, just the fast paced communication um, of just like being always on. It's like, how do you, you know, how do you not react in an environment and in a, in a society that is kind of set up to just, you know, be like constantly communicating at all points of, you know, the day. Um, and that's, yeah, that's what even with, you know, with my companies and the culture I'm trying to build and cultivate, it's like, I, I had a friend who said, yes, said la- last week, um, you know, I, she said, I, I, I just have to accept it as true that I will always have to work on vacation. And I was like, that to me is like, so heartbreaking. Like, I, I don't want that. I don't want that for my team. I don't want that for my culture. Like, I, I want people to be able to take time off so that they can truly reach their highest potential. Because I just, I think there's just a lot of burnout today. Um, yeah. A lot of hustle. And I think that, that, you know, what you're talking about is the result of, you know, people being like, well, what is, you know, what am I really here for? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of, I have some mixed feelings about that, um, but not, not, you know, it's more for me. It's more about do you love what you do, and for work, right? Because um, I think that if you have to work on vacation, but you love your work so much that you don't feel like you're ever working, right? That's kind of the goal. And I know people will kind of scoff at that, but um, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't take downtime either. I'm not saying that you shouldn't take vacation. I just finished a three month sabbatical where I didn't work at all, and and it was amazing. <laughs> um, and, and I think that people should. And we just, you know, one of the things that came out of my sabbatical is we're instituting a flex time program where people, in fact, we have um, our first uh, woman who's going to Peru for a month to work from there. And you know, I think. I think that we don't emphasize enough the the passion piece and the um, love of work. You know what you're doing with sustain. You love that. It's it's it feels filling and purposeful and creative, and it's an expression of who you are and the things that you value. It, it, that if you had to open some emails about that while you were gone, that's very different than this like. Uh, I gotta work. You know, there's yeah. a difference in there that I think is maybe more important. Again, not that you yeah. shouldn't take the time off, but it's. I think it's more important about you know, like what I've been saying since I'm back from sabbatical is I'm gonna go on sabbatical for the rest of my life. I'm just only <laughs> going to do the things that I love to do, and those will be things that are a part of my work, and then I'll never feel like I'm needing to go on sabbatical. Yeah. 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 I, I completely agree with that. I do. I think that, um, I think what, what you're, what you're stating is that to me, it represents like living in alignment. That's like Mm -hmm. when you, when you can mix your passion and your skills and, you know, and you feel like you, you're just like your soul, it's like on fire when you work on that, which is definitely how I feel about sustain. Mm -hmm. Um, then yeah, it, it doesn't feel. You're right. It's like it's like you get into this flow state mm-hmm. where you it does. You know, time is. It's just different in that yeah. state. Yeah. Good. Well, all right. Tell me what next. Where are you going? I know that you know sustain is was a side hustle, but it's you know you're getting some traction. Tell me a little bit more about kind of where you're going from here. Yeah. So. Um, I have lots of big dreams with the saying. <laughs> uh, so we, you know, right now we, we're, we're an educational media hub, like we're an e-commerce. We are building a community um, of like-minded people. And, um, but like, in, you know, in the future and what I want to offer, you know, with Sustain is I want I would love to, you know, really focus on, you know, people, profit and planet. and and you know, create give back programs, uh, advocacy programs. You know, focused on protecting the environment. Um, I have some. You know, I, I love, love, love to create an experiential shopping um, 
you know, brick and mortar or even pop up um, that just feels like once you, because that's what I've, you know, we've done some, we've done a lot of pop ups and I, I just can, I can see people, it is light up when they, when they can experience the brand in person. Um, and then, you know, creating like, uh, we're, we're, we are, we are really, you know, in terms of standards, like we're trying to, you know, raise the bar for brands just in general. It's like really focus on the brand quality, focus on the sustainability efforts, focus on the progress, the packaging, all of those things, and really raise the standard. So we have a system already of, you know, how we, you know, we pull all this data in, we collect all this data manually, and we assess brands before we add them to, you know, like to be sustain approved. Um, but like really getting, a, like creating a sophisticated, like data science model um, is what I want to do so that we can be like so, so, so transparent that will continue to, to evolve as, as everything will. Um, but yeah, so there's, and there's a number of other things that I'm like really excited about, like just creating like, you know, a registry, a subscription model for like the, you know, for like no waste restock stuff. Like we have a dish, dish block, um, for cleaning your dishes instead of like a, you know, plastic bottle of soap. Um, so like those kind of things that like make sense to create subscriptions around. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, just overall, like with sustain, like we're just really trying to empower consumers to align their values with their behaviors. You know, what is the biggest obstacle for you? Like, like what's the one thing that kind of, um, is in the way or the hardest thing for you to overcome to kind of continue to go to the next step with the business? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think that I, I mean, right now money Mm -hmm. is the biggest obstacle. And so I am, you know, I'm working on fundraising, Mm -hmm. um, because I, I have realized that I'm like, you know, it's just, it's a very competitive market, just like the online space in general. Um, and I, I just, I think that it's, it's kind of like, you know, fundraising to get where we want to be is is necessary and i also i don't want to do it alone like i want really smart mentors advisors you know people who can help me create this like i don't want to be the you know i i want to be the decision maker but not necessarily like you know just it's like me and my creative director and um so i so i really think yeah money right now is the biggest obstacle so so that's i've i've decided we're we're fundraising. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm <good>. working on that right now. <laughs> I, I I expected you to say that. <laughs> it often is. Um, Jacqueline, um, let's uh, start to wrap up. Tell me, kind of final thoughts or anything that's on your mind that you want to share with the audience. Anything that we didn't get to that you think is important. Um, the uh, the air is yours. Great. Um. I think that, you know, just closing thoughts, uh, you know, at Sustain, we truly do believe uh, that like collectively we can make a huge impact. Um, and I, I mean, what, like I said, what we're trying to build is a world where we do hold brands to a higher standard um, and we unite, uh, you know, to vote with our dollar. And it really overall like sustain, you know, it is, it's what I love about what you're doing is it's about giving more than we're taking, you know, like I want to build this company and I want it to be profitable, but I want to, I want it to be profitable so that we can make the greatest impact possible. Um, so if you are, you know, intimidated by the zero waste movement, uh, like I am <laughs> the zero and zero waste. Uh, then definitely, you know, join the community. Um, you can join it at the sustain.com slash community. Um, and then also just on Instagram, you know, DM us your sustainable lifestyle questions because the content that we create is completely based and even the products we choose is completely based on our community and the mm-hmm. feedback that we get and the questions that we get. And, um, and that's, that's where we focus our energy. So, um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me here and for doing the work that you guys do at Gravity. Uh, it really is truly inspiring. Well, thank you. You know, the the whole point of Gravity 
I shouldn't say the whole point, but one of the things that's really important is um, collaboration and just providing a space that um, allows others to share our beliefs about, you know, consciousness and community and and supporting human beings in the journey of life. You know, it's really important, and it's one of the things that I um, am so. Uh, grateful for is when there are others who share those beliefs who can kind of help fill the space to create content, to create, to be a part of events, to, you know, kind of help further the mission. You know, it's, it's not something that gravity by itself is able to do. It's, it takes, you know, a lot of people to show up and express themselves in a similar way for us to really try to find the ways to connect with a large audience. And you definitely have been a great part of that. I look forward to continuing to collaborate with you. Uh, I'd love to you know, see what Sustain's doing. I really think it's a very valuable service that you're offering people. You know, people want, oftentimes, you know, I thought maybe the other, you know, obstacle that you might, and I'm sure you do experience is people are intimidated. People are, are, afraid or scared or don't know where to turn for that first step. And so being able to just simply DM questions, I mean, what a great service that it, that, that offers for people. Yeah. Yeah, it is true. I mean, 77% of people want to live more sustainably, but so many just do not know how. They don't yeah. know where to start. And like I said, on my journey, I was just like so overwhelmed by the information, so intimidated. And, and even with, you know, I see my brother and how he lives and and I was intimidated even from, from that perspective. So yeah, I do I do think that's you know, that's what we're that's what we're here for. We're here to help help people live more sustainably and um and you know, offer something that's different, offer some something that's you know aesthetically you know curated, but also like really incredible brand to you know sustainability is at their core mission. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, thanks, Jacqueline. We'll be in touch, I'm sure, but it's been great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Brett. I appreciate right. you so much. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at the Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak.